0: A stream of Consciousness News Podcast with Stephen Jackson and Brandon R. Reynolds.
1: It's Thanksgiving week. That means uh, any number of iterations of things, but probably some version of your family, your friends are getting together in a place to rehash old grudges or Hmm. enjoy the love of one another, which, again, from a year ago was... uh, you know, it was a little more fraught and possibly non-existent.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, this each other at all. There's probably a lot of for a lot of folks. This is this Thanksgiving will be kind of the reboot of the Thanksgiving holiday um, after this crazy experience we've all went through, and we all are, I mean, look, currently going through, right? Like, there is no mm-hmm. end. Um, so, I, I I think it is appropriate for us this particular week to reach back into our archives and share with our listeners a fun little conversation that we had uh, about a month ago.
1: Yeah, the idea that had been percolating in my mind for a while as travel was firing up again was how special travel was and the reasons that we do it and how travel had been imbued with this kind of importance because it had been taken away from us for so long. And then in thinking about travel, I thought, well, what are the reasons that people travel? Uh, And that got us into this whole conversation about going to places that are special and therefore calling them pilgrimages, where it's more than just this transactional, I got to go here for this thing, but it's there's some inner journey that accompanies the external journey. And in that case, this conversation happened about the city of Toronto. Toronto in Canada. Yeah, it is in Canada. As we find out, it is in Canada. So, yeah, we're going to play this conversation that we had, and you will hear what is normally my beautiful voice, but filtered through the rough frontier Wi-Fi of the state of Ontario.
0: Just scrappy, scrappy journalist on the road style.
1: Pencil tucked behind our ear.
0: And so, yeah, so stay tuned. We're gonna be talking about uh, hotels, baseball teams, public fornication, pilgrimage, ziz, (laughs) my dad.
1: The insane cost of Hawaiian real estate.
0: Indeed, so. Here we go.
1: Here we go. I am in Toronto, yep. Ontario, Canada. Transmissions from abroad. Transmissions from abroad. Yeah, yeah, certainly from across the imaginary yet very delicate national lines that separate yep. us one from another. Okay. And you continue to be in Los, Los Angeles, Angeles, California.
0: Yeah, did you see the the red line that cuts through the forest when you flew over? Mm-hmm. The map, the political line. Yeah, and what's wild
1: is that it actually goes over the lake.
0: I remember when I was a kid, the first time like that I can remember crossing like a state line, it was like a really weird experience. You sort of, when you cross a state line, you imagine when you're a little kid that there's going to be an actual line there. And then suddenly you're just like magically are in this other state.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think about that because having grown up in Texas, there is this combination of truly natural boundaries like along the south the rio grande Yep. and then the rest of the state is these weird hard lines that are just you know uh we're cutting up new mexico we're cutting up oklahoma yeah. we're cutting up um yeah and so all the different ways that you can establish the political reality of a place yeah
0: is uh is super bizarre especially now that we have these like you know, it's like with cannabis laws, right? Like like the big law like that used to people you would go to prison for like simple possession. And like, you know, the fact that you can cross these imaginary lines and be in these states that like in one place, it's like a booming business that pays for schools. And then the other one, it's still like this like crazy thing that you can get like brutalized in prison for for like five years.
1: Oh, yeah. I know stuff like that is it's hard to take seriously once you really start drilling down on it. I mean, and again, this is sort of the, the stoner realization about the dollar bill. Like, can you believe (laughs) we just made this thing up? But it is true that it really, it really can blow your mind when you think about like, if I'm standing here, I can go to jail for this or my rights are shaped in this way. And if I stand here And that was, you know, when I was working on the flying car story, um, that was the thing that was so bananas to me about airspace, right? Because airspace is established by the Federal Aviation Administration and begins essentially uh, at the height of a blade of grass. Everything above the height of a blade of grass belongs to uh, the federal government, or at least it's regulated by the federal government.
0: That's unbelievable.
1: Right. So, like, L.A. and California— Control what's going on on the streets of L.A., right? But in the case of, like, drones and drone law, it got really absurd because you could have somebody standing in your backyard taking pictures in through your bedroom window. Yeah. And there's all these trespassing laws that control that, which have been long established,
0: right? So weird. Yeah, totally. But then if you
1: have a drone taking a picture in your window— those same laws don't apply, even if you're at the same height as the camera, because the drone is not actually physically touching the ground. So then they had to be like, oh, we have to come up with a whole new set of laws because this is the airspace and yeah. it's federally regulated and, and it, so it, on.
0: But so how does it work with like um like <laughs> this sounds silly, but like a skyscraper? Like like so if you establish the space on the ground, you're still it's not like somebody on the 20th floor of a skyscraper is suddenly only bound or, or, or can only be prosecuted under federal law.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's part of the... Well, first of all, like, when you buy a building, it's also wild to think about, like, are you getting the air above that? Because you might
0: not be. Well, but, right? yeah, that that would have to probably do to city regulations on building height and stuff like
1: that. That's true, yeah. But also, like, companies will... Um, the movie uh, burlesque with Christina Aguilera and Cher Go actually, on. yeah, actually covered this because there was <laughs> one of the major plot points was that they had this dance club and uh, the bad guy wanted to knock it down or whatever, and then the yeah. good guy who was a rich sleazy developer um, sort of swooped in and saved the day because they ended up buying the air rights over the place over their club so that this guy that wanted to build a condo couldn't do it because then uh, he, like, couldn't get the views or something like that. Did,
0: yeah. did, did, did they fight for the mineral rights, too? Because th- those can be quite lucrative. That
1: was, I believe, that'll be the sequel. Bu- that's the sequel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Burlesque Below.
1: Yeah. No, but I think, you know, if you're in a building, I think that the assumption is if you're in a building that's touching the ground, then okay. you are subject to the laws um, of the place in which those buildings the building sits. Although you know, a building is also a private. If it's a if bu- I, you know, if it's private, then you also have like, the privacy of you know it being a whatever. True. It is, so
0: know, what it's... if I'm on a trampoline and then I and I jump up and I and I punch you in the face and and the impact occurs, in the air. While you're while you're
1: airborne, uh, that's that a federal.
0: That, is that a federal crime? You're doing
1: federal time for that, you're baby.
0: Do... <laughs> there is no uh, parole. You're cracking rocks,
1: man. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's Guantanamo situation, baby.
0: Indeed. Well, speaking yeah. of cracking rocks, I think it's time for us to crack this lovely amethyst geode uh, of an episode. Let's do it. Let's see Let's, what
1: what sparkly sparkly empire of magic is inside.
0: From an unassuming globe of uh, ruddy uh, hard uh, mineral material. So my name's Stephen Jackson. I'm Brandon R. Reynolds. This and is this Journo's. Is, this is Journo's. Welcome to it. Welcome. The international edition. It journo's in journos goes international. Remember we Carmen Sandiego? Yes. We're we're close enough in age to both have experienced that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. to
1: to varying degrees. I think there was a medium shift there. Like Carmen Sandiego was uh, uh, a book, maybe, and then it was like a well, it was a TV show, and then oh. it, I remember it being a, a really kind of clunky.
0: PC There's game, P- old, the, early... the PC game. You know yeah. who I, I? As a child, in the height of my like Carmen Sandiego craze, I was obsessed with this game, and I met the headquarters lady. Whoa! The sweet. lady who like ran the show mm-hmm. at back at headquarters. I met her at an airport, and she gave me some swag.
1: Scaring it around.
0: Blew my freaking mind, man. Sure. Well, that'll happen. To it was you. from the show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's funny. Um, we're here in Toronto, Ontario, yeah. Canada. Janet is doing a con here, fan con. So there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's people from the voice acting world. There are uh, actors. There are all kinds of people. Um, shatner william shatner's here i saw him sitting next to him in the in the little did you get any of
0: those did you get any of those space vibes from him i was looking at him i was like that
1: man just came back from space he's got that look yeah but what was funny was um george takei is also at this thing so he i I actually saw this moment where he walked in looked around saw shatner turn and walked out because they really they've been beefing for decades
0: Wow, I didn't know that. And yeah. people are uh, also uh, Brian Cox is beefing with Shatner right now.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's just like those guys, kind of those, those tough I, old those tough old birds. Tough old birds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's wild. Um, you had asked me before, kind of if there were any observations about canada and you know tell me
0: about canada yeah what's canada
1: eh, what's canada indeed Yeah, it is a nation of Mm -hmm. good-hearted people as near as i can tell toronto is um, a bit of a chameleon city like i think a lot of big cities are there's a downtown but it quickly shades into beautiful tree-lined avenues we're in the middle of fall as you may remember from a previous episode it is One of the raccoon capitals of the world, although we haven't haven't seen any raccoons, but have seen a lot of iconography about the raccoon. Really? Yeah, nothing yet. We haven't been out. I think we haven't been in the right neighborhood at the right time because we've been Mm. sort of downtown and there. I think they, they sort of stay more in the... You know where the where the trash cans are, but it is funny that they have these green bins that have pretty intense locking mechanisms on them. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're
0: ready for these ultra smart, extremely ready. strong, yeah, virile, yeah. and and kind, uh, raccoons.
1: Yeah, but they're definitely the raccoons are. Yeah, they're out for blood, but okay. but they, we we encountered a mystery as soon as we got into town. So you know we go to the hotel. It's a nice Marriott check in, go to our room. Um, And nothing is particularly out of the ordinary, although we get off of the elevator and we're going down the hallway and the hallway looks like a hallway in any hotel, right? You have the weird carpeting, uh, you have doors on one side and doors on the other. Okay, so the doors on the one side are normal doors, right? But then on the other side, there are stairs, like one, two, three, four stairs up to kind of a bank of other hotel doors so there's like four doors up these stairs that are just you know just a few steps up and then a little further down there's another set of stairs and another bank of rooms and so on and so on and I couldn't figure out what was going on but I thought architecturally this doesn't make sense why you would like go to the trouble of having this elevated thing and then we were walking around town um noticed a lot of blue jays, Toronto Blue Jays, uh iconography around the hotel. All right. Um, which of course is the American League East Indeed. Major League Baseball.
0: And is team. it like the is it like the is it the bird, is the is it the official city bird? Yeah, it must be. The blue yeah, jay. Gotta be. I'm gonna
1: say this. I love people... it. I was
0: thinking about blue jays the other day. I saw I, I saw one or a Stellar Jay or something. And I was just like, these birds are cool. They got these, they're, you know why? Because they got these funky little haircuts. They're just these cool, like, it looks like they kind of got a, a fun edge. Like, I'd want to put one in a in a tiny little bird-sized leather jacket.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a bird that you want to put in a leather jacket. Yeah, so I'm, I'm slowly, it's slowly dawning on me that there's something peculiar in the, in the nature of this hotel and its connection with the baseball team. Okay. And so the second day, I am going down the hallway to the elevator, and there's uh, a cleaning lady cleaning one of these rooms up the stairs. And I'm looking in, and it looks like a normal room, but the window on the other side looks weird. Okay. Right? It's daytime, but then it, through the window, it's dark. All right. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And so the cleaning lady, I feel like, has been down this road before because she's like you can come up and take a look and I say okay great great she invites me in take a look so I go up the little stairs I go into the room Uh, it's a normal bathroom there's a little closet space yeah Um, there's a king size bed and then there's this window so I step up to the window and I look out and I'm looking out over the Toronto Blue Jays baseball diamond Whoa. this hotel is attached to and integrated with Rogers Center, formerly the Sky Dome. Huh. It's the hotel's built into the stadium, and, and okay. so I'm looking out over left field.
0: So, literally, from your you can get a room in this hotel and watch the baseball game from your room out the window.
1: As people have done for quite some time yeah
0: wow yeah
1: and so that got me to ask some questions about you know the nature You open the window like can you hear (laughs) the
0: sounds from the stadium or is it one of those like perma sealed windows from like a like a really tall hotel building
1: i think it's perma sealed it looks like it's pretty locked in um in reading reviews apparently like it's great to see a game but be aware of the fact that like after the game the lights are on for a long time and they're doing cleaning and stuff so it's sort of loud yeah you're you know you're just... just
0: toss on the radio announcer watch the game from there but then you also get to bring all your own beer and food yeah oh yeah
1: yeah and um and so you know this has been the stadium has been in existence since 1989 it was built called the sky dome before that there were a number of teams like the Toronto uh, Argonauts, which is like a Canadian football team, and they were okay. playing in this in this stadium. And very famously, there was a, a bowl game that got rained out, and so everybody just got soaked, and that became called the the rain bowl. And at that point, um, uh, at that point, there were the the day after there was uh, a bunch of people had attended like a, a rally afterward and they start chanting we want a dome we want a dome Mm -hmm. and then so that was 82 fast forward to 89
0: they They got the dome
1: build a dome they this is the first fully retractable dome in major league in sporting period anyway
0: interesting Mm -hmm. and they so they built the dome over and also i mean it gets mighty cold up there you'd think that they would have just led with the dome
1: yeah, well, you would think that. The idea to have open air at all is kind of bananas. So yeah. they built this whole thing, and there's this whole story about, like, all the – as you can imagine, a big yeah. a big transaction like this, speaking of land rights and so on. Uh, it was very uh, ornate. There was a lot of, like, possibly backdoor deals. Backroom deals, not backdoor deals. That's a whole different thing.
0: Are, are there backroom <clears throat> deals in Canada? I feel like they're so good-natured and above board.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. They call it the back-par-lure deal or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then in
1: 1989, they have the opening ceremonies for this thing, and they roll the dome back in a glorious display of its amazing power on these giant like, train track wheels, and just this huge thing happens, and it's raining, and so the crowd gets rained on, and so the crowd starts chanting, close the roof, close the roof. Yeah, (laughs) But they don't close the roof, because they're like, we paid for this damn thing, we got to see that it works. Wow. So, yeah. So... It's uh, it's a very famous um, institution. It was called the Sky Dome, renamed the Rogers Center in 2005. The company that owns the Blue Jays is Rogers Communication. They bought. So think about this, Stephen. Lay on me. Yeah. So you can rent a room and watch a game. Yeah. It's a hotel room. There's a bed. The bed's right next to the window. Yep. uh you know how people do in hotel rooms so oh. oh yeah I trust you can imagine where I'm going with this one of the things Go that on. you quickly discover when you start looking up stories about the hotel attached to the Skydome slash so Rogers
0: Center I feel like it's something untoward a little bit a little bit I'll
1: um, I'll allow uh, UPI to tell the story this is a story from May 1990. Some baseball fans think the Toronto Blue Jays' retractable roof Sky Dome home should be renamed Sex Dome after fans watched a couple <laughs> make love in a hotel suite that overlooks the playing field. Tuesday night, during the team's 4-3 loss to the Seattle Mariners, those with binoculars could see an older man and a buxom blonde woman having sex in their suite. Stephen, the incident Tuesday follows one several weeks ago where a male guest in the hotel, built into the Sky Dome itself, Masturbated mm-hmm. in the window of his suite in front of thousands of Blue Jays fans. Police went to his room, but no charges were filed because he thought the window was fitted with one-way glass, oh. said the Sky Dome spokesman. Yeah. A lot, of gla- a lot of guests think it's one-way glass, said this guy. Um, we're looking at putting tent cards in the rooms, telling them it's not, and getting them to sign waivers when they book in, said David Garrett. Garrick. Skydum okay, spokesman.
0: Okay, okay. Loving yeah. it.
1: Yes. Um, and then here's another comment. Quote, we have a unique product here. Obviously, in hotel rooms around the world, who knows what happens? But here, it's kind of like a fishbowl, said Dan Woodburn, director of operations for what was then the Renaissance Hotel. Now it's a Marriott. And I asked the front desk uh, do they have to sign a waiver? And they said, yeah, we have to sign a waiver. We asked guests who are staying in those rooms during the games uh, to sign this waiver, essentially acknowledging, like, you're going to behave yourself. You might end up on camera. So watch what you're doing.
0: What are the bullet points of that waiver? I have, That's what I want to know. Yeah, like, I, like, specifically, yeah. like, can you – like, could you – okay, let's say you're not going to, you know, um, you know, make love – in front of an uh, audience of tens of thousands. Okay, that makes sense, right? That's Now, but what if I wanted to get a big tub of Vaseline mm-hmm. and I wanted to just rub it all over my torso? Yeah, None of my un- unmentionables. I'm keeping my pants on. You know, mm-hmm. come on. But I just want to just... <laughs> I'm I, not I, accusing I, I want, you of anything. Hey, come on, come on. Hey, yeah, hold hold, hold the peanut gallery. Sure. But anyway, so I, 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 I lube up. And then I just sort of go starfish onto this glass, and yeah. I just start sort of moving back and forth, <laughs> and undulating, yeah. leaving a, a greasy stain back and forth, right? And I just yeah. want to do that every uh, every three minutes on yeah. on the on the three for the remainder of the game.
1: Yeah,
0: Is that's that quite. That's,
1: that's a seven inning stretch for. That's I'll,
0: I'll give you sure. a seven inning stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Is that within
1: the bounds of acceptable behavior? Yeah. I think again. I, I think here again we're 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 bumping up against certain qualities that differ from place to place. Yeah. You have these social contracts that are established. This is. I I feel like very much of it is is up to the judgment of the hotel, right? What mm-hmm. or or to the broadcasting public. I feel like you can't just have sex. Yeah. yeah. Uh, masturbating is out. So like a lot of sexual probably you can't you know shoot up i mean i think there's could you
0: yeah i mean canada with their famously lenient and progressive drug laws but uh yeah i mean maybe what isn't the thing with pornography like you can't i don't know when you see it you know when you see it and that like doesn't that like have like legal weight or something like doesn't don't isn't that brought up in pornography like cases all the time like i don't I feel like it's, like, it, it it's an official thing about how to say what's pornographic. Or, like, yeah, could you get the room and then just, like, put up a bunch of, like, modern art that's, like, pretty yeah. edgy?
1: This is great questions. Yeah, if you – so there are 70 rooms overlooking the field. Okay. So an interesting experiment is to rent out all the rooms yeah. and put a different installation in every room Yes. to field test it from – you know, from kids playing with puppies on yes. the one side to just hardcore the bondage profane. pornography, the
0: profane, yeah,
1: yeah, the, the truly profane, the you know, the the kind of like, Marquis de Sade
0: stuff. Because like a kid can go, like an eight year old can go into like the MoMA, right? I guess you'd have to be a few different things. You'd have to be motivated. You'd have to have a lot of time on your hands, and you'd have to have like a pretty good grasp of the spectrum of the obscene and then you would just kind of yeah go to town just uh push the boundaries out there off of uh third base
1: yeah exactly i mean it's in it's and you would get a sense not only for the canadian audience's tolerances Mm. or for the marriott's tolerances i think too that there is uh, a fascination on the part of the broadcaster's yeah. If you can toe that line, you know, like the kiss cam is essentially a very mild form of sexual broadcast, right? Yeah, it's voyeurism. It's voyeurism. We want to see these two people kiss, and that has self-caused problems, yeah. I guess. Come on, how or,
0: long you've been married? Prove it. Yeah,
1: yeah or uh, we're just two friends on a date. Or, but you
0: got to giggle, yeah. and then maybe it turns into something more.
1: Right, and then, you know, you have to consider, it used to be they would just, you know, do men and women together, and then it's like at some point we have to— show two men kissing or two women kissing or at least offer that opportunity but do we want to presume you know it gets very politically dicey and maybe that's something we can get into in a in a future later date but but i do think that it is to the benefit of the broadcaster to have stuff that pushes the boundary because that makes for very interesting colorful imagery and and perhaps that's
0: yeah that's maybe that's why they do all this Do people do, like, just good old family fun in these windows? Like, are are the people staying in these windows all just, like, Blue Jays fans who just, like, want to have the experience of, like, drinking a keg of beer in their own uh, uh, hotel room while they watch their favorite um, uh, team crack some bats? Or is it, like, people there who are, like, dressing up like the mascots or, Mm -hmm. like, someone who brings... A thousand blue jays into a hotel room and like you know lets them all f- flutter around.
1: Oh, like a like a living installation of yeah a living aviary. That's terrifying Indeed. to think about. As far as good natured fun here, there are stories of people having pillow fights okay. at the at the place. And then I read a bunch of comments on the Marriott site about looking particularly for for comments about the rooms. And there was one from Marcus Kim. This is from just last month, September. Okay. This stay was a bucket list item. Ever since the Sky Dome, now Rogers Center, opened, I have always wanted to stay at a field-facing room and watch my beloved Blue Jays. Now my son plays Little League, and his friends love baseball. This was the best time to organize a family outing and enjoy a baseball game in the comfort of our suite. It is something I dreamt of, I ever dreamt of, and more. Uh, we stayed in a two-level suite with an incredible view of the field. I had a hard time sleeping that night, Stephen. Not no. because the bed wasn't comfortable, What happened? because it was, but because I didn't want to miss a moment of such a memorable stay. Yeah, He kept peeking out the window and staring out at the field that created so many memorable moments. That sounds both heartwarming and somewhat insufferable. Like, just stop. Come back to bed. I can't sleep. I'm living there. You can't
0: sleep. You, can't sleep. you got too yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah. But then, but then simultaneously, same day, this okay. and that he gave that. Marcus Kim gave it five stars.
0: Marcus Kim can't get enough of this. Uh, he he's he's part of the action in this. Loves it. it. I think Love that's it. that that's one of the sayings. Be you're here at the Toronto Marriott Centre Hotel. You're part of the you're part of the action.
1: You're right there, and you you yeah. too could stay in the in a room that someone famously had sex in in 1990. Indeed. But then, meanwhile, same day that review was posted, a review okay. was posted by. Commenter named Nad in AD. Uh-huh. One night stay for the Jays game. I had requested two dental kits and body wash through the app, but none uh-huh. was left for us. Okay. I requested a low floor as I don't like elevators, and was not accommodated accommodated with that either. Four stars. Uh, huh. so
0: experiences vary. Experiences vary. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, according to Melinda B on TripAdvisor, two stars bugs in bed oh that was that was last week man yikes yeah
1: my experience with this has been entirely pleasant so far except for the as i just narrated to you the extremely disoriented existential experience of trying to figure out what was going on um with these mysterious rooms uh but what i want to ask you about now that you know some of the story of the um the Roger Center, formerly the Sky Dome, yes, connected to the Marriott, um, is it got me thinking about these people who come to places like this who want to get a room or what's called a party suite, which I believe is uh, there are rooms that they said they took the furniture out of and they called it a party suite. Oh wow! Use your imagination.
0: So you just go there to not even sleep. You just get all your buddies and you just go into the room. I mean, that sounds fun. Okay, go on. There you go. It's it's yeah. made it's made for you, Steve. Do they have do they have blinds? So like they
1: got curtains, you can close the curtains. So
0: you could you could do your business and then right after watch a home run.
1: Yeah, so to speak. Okay, go on. Yeah. Well, I
0: just wonder
1: it got me wondering about the idea of pilgrimages and you know going to a place that's very important to you, like in the case of Marcus Kim. He loves his Blue Jays. He's had this idea. He's been watching games since he was a little kid. Now he's got his own children. They're playing Little League. He wants to go and stay in the hotel and be able to open his window, to open his his, his blinds onto this this living vision of yeah. this thing that he associates so much with, you know, some sort of spiritual depth. I could see it. Anyway, so it got me thinking about, yeah, pilgrimages. And, and, you know, there's, there's of course, you can look up story after story on stuff like Lonely Planet. Seven pilgrimages every sports fan must take. You know, like to Churchill Downs, Wimbledon, where golf is from, and a place they play yeah. rugby in Japan and so on. And, you know, and I think that's all wild. But um, but I was wondering if, if you have any pilgrimages that you have taken that... Mm. That were important to you in the same way that sitting in the hotel room uh, watching the Blue Jays play was for Marcus you know,
0: You know, I actually had a very interesting one uh, uh, earlier this month. I'm glad you asked. Uh, so Laura and I recently went to uh, Oahu, the island of Oahu, uh, down there in the South Pacific. And um, it was a wonderful time. Uh, It's a very small island, so we were staying on the North Shore, but you can go down into Honolulu quite easily. Uh, My father was actually—he grew up in Honolulu, right on the other side of Kahala, uh, of Diamond Head in a neighborhood called Kahala. And uh, he moved there at a very interesting point in time. Uh, He moved there in the year uh, 1940, I believe, Uh, and— he was right around three years old um, when the Pearl Harbor attack occurred, and he actually saw Pearl Harbor with his very own eyes. And he Whoa. has actual memories of being about three and a half. He was, I guess, Pearl Harbor was December seventh, forty-one, so he was about three and a half. His birthday's in March. Uh, He's born in thirty-eight, and he um, he saw he's he could see the actual faces of the pilots they were so close wow. uh flying over his house uh on the way to bomb pearl harbor and um uh, i just growing up i i was sort of just inundated with these uh, like these mind-blowing stories of my dad's upbringing in um territory the territorial hawaii you know what i mean it was still a u.s it wasn't even a state when he still lived there he left uh, his senior year of high school to move to Boise, Idaho, of all places. But he spent from the time he was 3 to 17 uh, living in Honolulu and just what was an unbelievable time to be there. Uh, he was a surfer. Um, he went to Punahou, which is, uh, of course, the high school where uh, the 44th president of the United States um, uh, went, uh, Barack Obama. And uh, he just—the the, the, the stories of that sort of— w- Wartime Honolulu, living at the living at the edge of the world with the world ending, uh, were just so fascinating to me as a kid. Um, and uh, lucky, I, I was lucky enough to have both the time and the ability to go to Kahala um, earlier this month. Um, and I think it was on October f- October first, and I saw the house where my dad grew up. Whoa. Um the actual house. The actual house is still there, yeah. Um, um, nice. it, it, pretty much unchanged. Uh, and you know, this neighborhood is a very Tony neighborhood at this point. But um, the house itself is very quaint. It's right there. It's right on the corner. Um, so I got to go there. Uh, Laura took pictures of me. I walked out to the beach. It's right across the, from the beach and kind of looked at the beach where he would run up and down. My dad is still with us also. It's, this isn't like a memorial trip by any means. It was just – It was. Uh, I really – it was a really affecting, uh, and moving experience for me. I love that.
1: Now, when you were planning to go there, how early into that process of planning the trip were you like, well, I got to see the house where my dad grew up. Was that just I, built in from the beginning?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we, uh, it was, we were there primarily to just stay at this cool little Airbnb right on the, off the beach, um, in the North shore, surprisingly affordable, the whole trip to be honest. Uh, but, uh, Especially if you're not really trying to do much, you know, but uh, yeah. So like I said earlier, the island itself is really small. So um, it's like a 45 minute drive from one end to the other. And uh, we had a dinner planned in the Chinatown area, which is kind of like sort of like Valencia Street night 2006. Uh, in Honolulu right now Valencia Street in San Francisco mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. an up, up and coming cool but still sort of dicey neighborhood uh, yeah and we built that in to go take a look uh, and make my pilgrimage to my father's uh, home I think that's great
1: and thematically appropriate
0: indeed uh, it's crazy too we saw that and it's for sale
1: whoa yeah did you look up the price?
0: 3 5 well that's not bad Three point five
1: million. Yes. Oh, I, was, I guess I was thinking three hundred fifty thousand dollars. God, God, no,
0: no. Three point is... five
1: million dollars. Yes, yes. Holy and it's for God. like
0: a cottage. It's crazy. Wow. Well, yes. Um, that so... also, by the way, that's you get.
1: That's a double. That's a double whammy. Not only is it a personal family pilgrimage, but it's also technically a sports pilgrimage because of the surfing angle
0: it. Oh yeah, definitely. So I mean, good for world you. renowned. Yeah. It good was, uh, it was my, yeah, it was uh, all around a, a very cool, uh, pilgrimage. I,
1: I love that. I love that. Um, and that also makes sense. I mean, to me, uh, I can't really identify with sports pilgrimages so much cause I don't care about sports that much. And I am always fascinated by people who, yeah who do i mean i understand it i i understand the love of a thing enough because like you know i mean i guess the equivalent for me would be i don't know to go to an author's yeah hometown or something you know like go see where faulkner grew up or mark twain or something yeah i I don't know i mean even that i'm like okay there it is cool
0: Um, you get it
1: yeah but i think to have something that sort of connects you to orients you in time and space well, yeah, like a family thing i think that's
0: certainly physical spaces are really trip me out like um you know you think about and like for me also i moved back to my hometown uh with my wife much later in life well we, we we got married like i don't know like three weeks after we moved no like a month and a half after we moved back to santa monica in 2018. um so you know, running like sort of going around the same physical spaces that I did as a child, um, but the world is so much different. But like so many different things have remained the same, and it really makes you think about like that, like passage of time and like how we move through space and time. Uh-huh. But like spaces and objects remain the same. But like the world you you're you live in, um, like does change um, both uh-huh. like from a perspective and a worldview. Uh, 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 point of view but like um, you just you yourself you grow you're this like different organism you don't have any of the same cells you don't you know it's just you're this like new constantly evolving thing that can like walk and stride through all of these like artifacts of the past that can either change or remain unchanged
1: yeah yeah yeah, we were talking about that as we were walking around Toronto because it evokes so many other places we've been. So you're around a corner and you feel like you're all of a sudden in Portland or yeah. in San Francisco or in Richmond or, or you know, in, in these places. And and there's this really interesting mind shift where your brain has to process. Like, I'm in a new place, but it's so evocative of this other place that you sort of get shuttled around in time. And, uh, and, and you know, that's one of the great things about about traveling anyway is, is to... Not only see new stuff, but to see the way that it has a dialogue with other places yeah. that you've gone. I was thinking about the other day, um, I, I some memory I had from from when I was a kid. And and I think it was a memory of a place. I, I think it was a memory of... It was something that was called up by a song that I had heard. And I remember so distinctly hearing that song played in my mom's swamp green Buick Regal in uh, you know in the the early to mid 80s or whatever so cool and having that memory is is peculiar because not because like oh I remember this thing that happened but for the first time I realized I'm I'm actually remembering a different person like I'm remembering a person who doesn't know the stuff that I know so I have in order to remember that person I have to close off the entirety of knowledge that I've accrued since then and so you it's it's sort of the closest you can get to being inside of another person's head. Like remembering the perceptions I had at that time. Wow. Remembering the things that I knew and the way I felt and like, you know, the fears that you have as a child and all of yeah. those things. And thinking like that person is 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 a different person, is that totally person different. It's a different brain, yeah. it's a different set of experiences, which yeah and um and Physically so that's why
0: and experientially i mean psychologically yeah. emotionally it's kind of you just made me think about another weird thing it's just like as kids like how narrow our worldview is your experiences are so limited and you're in your movement and ability to travel and see things and understand things is so restricted both in like intellectual capabilities and like just like the fact that you don't have a car and like so like You have this, like, everything you know about the world is so much smaller back then, Um, you know, and I I don't know. Do you think it's better or worse?
1: That the world seems smaller?
0: Do you think it was better when the world was smaller and more simpler? Or are you happy to be in this complex kind of, like, shitshow of, like, emotions and despair and, like, highs and lows and, like, knowing all the messed up stuff about the world? Do you think you're better off because of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I think there's, uh, I think there's a fullness to experience that goes beyond happiness or sadness. I mean, Janet yeah. and I talk about this a lot. Like that, it's so weird that so many of the experiences we have now, are what we call happy sad. Like there's, yeah. there's some kind of it evokes some memory of some lost time or lost person, and it's not nostalgia. It's just, it's just the awareness of the passage of time, yeah. and the sort of beauty of this life that's been lived heretofore. Um, and so it's just a combination of all these feelings. I mean, I think when you're a kid, things are so much simpler, you know, good is good and bad is bad, but things can be really awful. They can be really great. And that just becomes more and more complex and it becomes harder and harder to define. You know, it's, it becomes to think of another thing. It becomes like a hyper object, a concept Mm. that essentially means, um, something that is so big that you can't wrap your mind around it. Yeah. Climate change or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in that case, I think too, like, yeah, the experience of being a person as you get older uh, becomes like that hyper object. You can't just see it in any one go, you know, it continues to change, it continues to shift you around a corner and it feels a different way. Definitely. You have access to older memories. And then too, like the idea that you can contain this younger self and maybe call up those older kinds of happiness is also sort of remarkable. Um, Certainly.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm I'm all about the 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 depth and the in and the and the pain for for the uh, for for all the other good in, stuff and the richness of experience. I I do believe that the squeeze is in fact worth the juice uh, with all of that kind of hard hard weird life stuff. But I think that it's also interesting is that what I think is rather Remarkable here, because I'm not saying interesting anymore, is uh, that person in all of those experiences you have are also this interesting kind of like self narrative that you Uh tell yourself to piece together a through line in a timeline to make sense of your own past. Uh Whereas like there's a lot of different things that have happened. And then obviously in therapy, you sometimes are like, oh, wow, this way I thought about something for so long was actually different, right? and it's because I've been like sort of creating this alternative narrative about the way like who I was back then and how I got from point A to g. but like in real in reality, maybe it was different, right? and then like so there's all of these like weird little threads that you can pull or follow like back into the past that still lead objectively to you, you your same person, but the narrative of who you were. And your own self reflection of that person could is constantly changing and can change, you know, yeah. both in every passing moment.
1: Yeah, and that may be why we enjoy sports so much. It's yeah. a way of overlaying our experiences onto the performance yeah. of sports teams, and why you would go and visit it. I mean, again, exactly. like the idea of being able to throw open your blinds onto a thing you love. Indeed, um, whether that is a sports team or you know, a moment from your past or, you know, something that evokes some place you've been, uh, you know, or, you know, your, the house where your father grew up or whatever. I think all that yeah. is. Um, and it's really special. And if you can concentrate it in a place, then it's worth the risk of, you know, sleeping in a room where two people were just raw dogging each other. Yeah. In front of tens of thousands of spectators.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess what I'm really trying to say with all of this is uh, go Blue Jays. Go Blue Jays. This is Brandon R. Reynolds. And my name's Steven Jackson. This is Journos. See you next time. Take care.